Hi. Hi. <laughs> you know, four seasons and we still can't start an episode. That's true. Every single time I'm like, who's going to talk first? We'll never know. So here we are, back for another episode of Quarantine, of One More Quarantine, which we is, is whoa, hold on. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. It's funny because I, I only ever speak to my mom on the phone and in oh. this situation. Uh-huh. Because, like, there's no, I don't, I don't interact with anyone else verbally. That makes sense. I've been sending a lot of audio messages. You over really text. have instead and I've been doing a lot of like video Instagram things to communicate and I didn't realize that I think it's because I just like to talk (laughs) and I'm not getting it anywhere else that's a good segue Uh, how are you I feel like people should be checking in on people so how are you doing in like the quarantine of it all I'm okay I I went outside today for the first time well actually that's not true I go outside to go on like a walk every night but I went to the grocery store today for the first time in like two weeks and then I went to our favorite bagel place you're in my favorite bagel place oh uh, those bagels I have a bagel place by me now oh are they good not as the bagels by your place are really good because they're like big and thick and the yeah. hole in the middle is not really like a hole so you don't have to like worry about spreading and like covering the hole or anything like that does that make sense <laughs> yeah that's like a real thing no I know what you mean so the bagel place by me now is really good like their bagels taste really good but they're really thin in comparison to how I like my bagels and they're they're not as like bready which is fine because I don't need that much bread but the best part about it is that they have whitefish salad and I have not been able to find people that will deliver tubs of whitefish salad to me in Manhattan since I moved here you're getting tubs uh, of whitefish salad delivered? Yeah. Okay. By tubs, I mean it's like it's like a container of like six ounces of, oh, of whitefish okay. salad. And then I'll oh, get okay. like, you know, four bagels and that'll be like breakfast for the whole week. Instead of like going to somewhere and having to like spend $11 to get them to spread it on a bagel for you. Right. But the best part about it besides that is that I get it delivered and the delivery person is this like beautiful woman oh. who who only delivers like she's the only delivery person that will deliver to me from them and she like pulls up in this like minivan and I'm I sound like a crazy person that's been like stalking her but she rolls up and she puts on a new pair of gloves and then she comes up to the apartment and she delivers it to me and we've gotten to know each other a little bit just outing myself for how often I order bagels is she single <laughs> um I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her name yet. I think the next time I see her, I'm going to ask her her name. Um, and then, But then when she leaves, she takes the gloves off and throws them away. And that, she, she's the only delivery person. And I've been getting a lot of delivery recently. She's the only delivery person that I've seen do that. And she makes me feel so safe and wonderful. And so I just love this bagel place. That is really nice to take, to, to do like a fresh pair of gloves. When I went to the so I, I like went to the bagel place because I was already out grocery shopping. I've gotten them delivered. And when uh-huh. their delivery people come, their delivery people are not wearing gloves. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. So I decided to go in person. And now they have a plexiglass shield up. Oh, that's that's so that's it. Yeah. So I was like, this is great. I'm going to come here every day. 
Oh, I was going to say something else. What was I going to say? What are you doing to like keep yourself occupied? Well, oh, that's what I was going to say. So I have this like plan where I have all these books that I've never read. I have a lot of books that I have read, but I have a shelf of books I've never read because either I like got them as a gift and they were like a joke gift. My my old roommate used to like get me joke gifts of like lesbian pulp fiction. So I now I have a lot of that. So I've literally so my plan is to read all of those books before I read any new books that I want to read. And so I'm just like plowing through them. And so I've been reading all this lesbian pulp fiction. <laughs> oh, my God. From like the 50s. And honestly, it's really good. I highly recommend it to anyone looking for something to keep up their time. I just read one called Women's Barracks, which is about oh. female soldiers. <laughs> I love that. Is this like a turn? Like, are you are you going to start reading lesbian pop fiction like outside of quarantine? You know, probably not. I did for one moment. I was like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, wouldn't it be chic if I had a whole shelf full of like classic lesbian pulp fiction? And I was like, I don't want to spend all my money on just porn. <laughs> <laughs> That would that could be really cool though, and I, I imagine they they wouldn't be that expensive if you went somewhere like the Strand or something like that. Yeah. Once yeah. everything you know comes back to life. I don't know. We'll see. But actually, honestly, I highly recommend Women's Barracks. It takes a crazy turn at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But I also I read a book that I had just never gotten around to reading because I never had time. A book that you got me for my birthday called Non-Binary Memoirs of Gender and Identity. It's edited by Micah Rajinov and Scott Duane. And I actually wanted to talk about it this week. So this is a good segue into like actually talking about things, even though we talked about only my life and not your life. (laughs) (laughs) It's this book of essays by non-binary writers. And each one, it's divided up into chapters that are like coming out and then like raising non-binary children and then like, finding non-binary culture and like different all these different chapters and each one has essays all about that thing from different non-binary people and it's really interesting and I think anyone who is non-binary or is considering whether they are non-binary should check it out that's interesting I'm glad we got that you're welcome (laughs) yeah thank you for the birthday gift (laughs) Um, do you have anything you want to say about what's going on with you I guess I should but you know not not too much is happening I moved, which we talked about last week a little bit, and I'm just sort of unpacking right now. And the kind of the best thing about it is that I have no one coming over. (laughs) So I can kind of unpack at whatever speed I want to. So like yesterday I was doing a little bit of unpacking for, I'd say maybe 20 minutes and then was like, I'm going to go sit now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, no one's going to see this apartment until what, September, January? I don't know. Your apartment looks like it's coming together well from the videos I've seen. I'm only showing the good parts. <laughs> there's a lot that I still have to do. There's a lot of stuff to figure out. And there's a lot of stuff where I'm, I mean, I moved out of a three bedroom apartment into a one bedroom apartment. And so there's stuff here where I'm just like, I actually don't think you're going to fit. So I might just have to get rid of you. And there's a lot that I still haven't even started, but I cooked my first dinner in the apartment last night. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was going to cook like a big fancy dinner last night, but I did not. I did. Well, I guess it was kind of fancy. It was spinach and t- beet tomato pasta 
with Rosa Alfredo sauce. That is really uh, fancy. And then tonight, tonight's my big dinner. Like, not big in, like, quantity, but quality. I'm cooking, um, it, my mouth is watering thinking about it, Atlantic salmon, but I'm cooking it on cedar wood. And then uh, I have bacon-wrapped scallops, and I'm going to do, like, a seafood night. Oh, my God. What I cook is, like, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. Like, I like I, like I have no problem eating, like, progresso soup from a can. <laughs> like, I'm in no way bougie. But I was, like, the, I was, like, I've been eating delivery and, like, just, like, really cheap food for the last, since I moved in, basically, because I haven't been able to cook. And so now I'm kind of, like, making up for it. That's fair. There was one day where my lunch was just Tostitos. I have had that lunch before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, uh, wh- while we're talking about COVID and everything, there is one piece of news that I guess we can jump to. I just wanted to voice my feelings about it. Roy Horn died. Did you hear about that? No. Roy Horn, who's like Roy from Siegfried and Roy, died of uh, complications with COVID-19 this week. It's really sad, and I only want to bring it up. And I know that we're doing these episodes to kind of like keep it positive and everything like that but I was this is gonna sound so dumb I was like really into magic as a kid (laughs) no I mean it wasn't and like no but like I had like a magic set and like stand and would like set my stand up at family gatherings and do my magic show for people like I like I was like into magic (laughs) okay like Neil Patrick Harris I, like, have really fond memories of, like, ABC, I feel like, used to air a lot of magic specials where they would just be like, here's an hour of people doing magic. And I would sit there and just watch it for hours and hours and hours. And I never went to Siegfried and Roy and have no direct connection to them. But, like, I don't know. It makes me sad. And I guess that's all I really have to say about that. Also, the article that I was reading about his death. I was a little pissed off, but also found a laugh. Uh, this article, a lot of people were talking about it in the article, but this article specifically on Pink News used it in the title of the article. So the, the title is Gay, comma, Tiger Levitating Las Vegas Magician Roy, Roy Horn. I keep wanting to say Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn. <laughs> Dash, who inspired Tiger King's Joe Exotic. Oh. Dash has died after testing positive for COVID-19. And I have not found an article yet that has not brought up Joe Exotic. That's <laughs> annoying. I hate Joe Exotic. <laughs> I know. Let him rot in jail. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do think that he's wrongfully in jail, but I do not like him. That's fair. Okay. So news of the week. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about Sophia Taloni. I don't know who that is amazing okay so she is a social media influencer (laughs) classic uh, on instagram and last month she went live and instructed her followers this is important she has 627,000 followers which is a lot but in the scheme of like of influencing i feel like that's maybe like an average number Right? Oh, I know who this is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but but like, yes, you you're that, right. That's like, like an average number. 
Yeah, okay. She went on to her Instagram Live and instructed her 627,000 followers to... Okay. She said that they should create phony profiles and that on um, dating apps and then identify themselves as bottoms on dating apps and also social media and then identify themselves as bottoms basically to make themselves more appealing to closeted men and then essentially like baiting the closeted men collecting their pictures and then posting them and spreading them through facebook to try and learn their identities and like out them yes the the thing that is most important about this is that this is she, she, I guess, lives in, but she was encouraging the people of Morocco, where yeah. homosexuality is punishable up to three years in prison. So so that happened a month ago. Um, yeah, I'm curious as and, to why it's being brought up now. Okay, so she has spoken up about it twice now. The first time was last week, and I didn't bring it up because I was like, this is boring. She was like, um, she has, uh, she obviously got called out about it. She said that she has no remorse about oh. it. And oh. I was like, this, I was like, this is gross and also not an interesting story. And now she says that she's leading, that it was all to like lead a campaign to out men to try and humanize gay people. What? Which I think is a crazy twist on what's happening. Wait, what does that mean? Okay, so she said, quote, My intention was to humanize and undemonize and normalize gay people in Morocco so that we can stop thinking about them as outcasts. I literally want people to think of gay people as the man or woman next door and stop the negative fantasy about who gay people are, how they look like, or how they look like and how they live. In all honesty, I did not want to out them, but they started this war. The Moroccan gay community shared my profile on many Facebook groups, and they were encouraging people to report me so that my account was deactivated. They were outing me out of jealousy because I am a successful influencer on various social media platforms. I have no regrets whatsoever. We haven't mentioned yet that she's trans. Yes. Um, she is trans, and this is crazy. That, I, what... Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I feel crazy. And this is uh, slightly triggering, but um, basically, people came for her because at least one of the people that saw the video has since committed suicide. Oh. And that is when she was like, "I have no remorse for what I've done." So I was like, "Oh, this is like a gross story." And then she just fully spun it. That's insane. And then you add on that she's trans. I like, I, it like doesn't make sense. Like even at baseline, a trans person trying to out gay people in a con- it, it, country, city, Morocco, I don't country. know. <laughs> in a country that has all of these like rules and restrictions with the LGBT community. Like I, it doesn't. Uh, my brain like is buffering. I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't. I that doesn't make any sense to me. And I wish that there was more to the story that I could be like, oh, well, I'm just not reading, you know, the other half of it. But that's it. That's the whole story. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so that 
<laughs> that's what means happening. And I can't wait to find out what happens next. I can't wait. I mean, I hope I never have to hear about it again. Me too. So uh, another thing, this was actually a couple weeks ago. This was on May 8th, 9th. And I just wanted to talk about it because I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't realize that Cher dropped a cover of Chikatita. In Spanish, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's such it's a bomb. It's so good. Yeah, it's really, really good. And, and the, all the proceeds go to something. Yeah, they go to... Basically, she did it because ABBA performed Chikatita at a UNICEF benefit and donated half the proceeds of doing it to... Or wait, and donated half of the proceeds from the song to charity until 2014. So between 1979 and 2014, they were just giving UNICEF money. And then after 2014, all four members agreed to donate 100% of the proceeds. (laughs) So Cher is doing it and is raising money. Oh, I see. So Cher's doing it and the proceeds are... I guess also going through UNICEF and their COVID-19 thing because she released it through their virtual special. But Cher also has something called Share Cares. Uh-huh. Which the Share Cares Pandemic Resource and Responsive Initiative. CCPRRI. Yep. <laughs> and she's raising a million dollars to help the, quote, chronically neglected and forgotten people during the pandemic. Uh, through the Entertainment Industry Foundation. So just like, I guess Cher's out there like doing the work. She really is. So that's that. Okay, two things about Rue Paul Charles. (sighs) That's two more than I'd like to hear. So one of them, this is the fun one. So a couple days ago, Jay and I were texting and I sent Jay something of RuPaul on The Price is Right. Do you remember this? Yeah, and I said I'd never seen The Price is Right. Okay, and then I explained to Jay what The Price of Right is, and RuPaul was, like, on it and was, like, running around and doing all these things, and we were like, oh, this is dumb, whatever, and that was the whole conversation. It's not important, but I found out today that Ru was on it raising money for Planned Parenthood. Oh. So I was like, oh, this is, like, a nice thing. And, you know, we don't get to say nice things about RuPaul. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Ru was, like, guest hosting. And Drew Carey, who is the host, was also there. And, hold on, I'm trying to figure out how much money they raised. $97,000. $97,226 for Planned Parenthood. Whoa. How? Um, Just by being there? So apparently what happens is ruined Ashley, who's like an actual contestant on the show, played the pricing game one way, or one away, during which the pair had to determine the correct price of a Nissan 370-Z. Okay. Ashley ended up winning the car, and RuPaul ended up winning some money for charity. So it seems that the Price of White was ready to give that money, and then yeah. Ru was just kind of like the celebrity recipient. And, like, did it through that way, which, which, like, is still good. It's such a weird number. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's, like, Ashley won a certain amount of money and then maybe the price of right, right, like, doubled it or something. What I always think is so funny about game shows where celebrities compete for charity is at the end, if the celebrity loses, when they're like, and we're just going to give all the money to the charity anyway. And it's like, well, then why did, okay. 
Um, okay, so there have been three episodes of Celebrity Drag Race at this point. The next one comes out today, Friday. And two of the episodes, everybody has won money. There we go. There, it's been different amounts of money for charity. Like the winner still, the winner still gets like ten thousand or something like that, and then the other two have gotten like five or eight thousand for their charity. So it's not as much, but still, everybody like wins. I still don't understand how they got to that number, but you know what? I'm not gonna watch it. So <laughs> I guess we'll never know. It seems that it actually had nothing to do with this woman named Ashley. <laughs> I see. Um, and that he was just like playing the game and that that's how much money he won. If if you watch The Price of Ra- is Right, let me know. <laughs> now that we're talking about RuPaul, there's a new season of All Stars. Yes. And it starts almost immediately after Drag Race season 12 ends on June 5th. So let's see. Tonight's episode on the 15th of May is the second to last and then yeah it would be the week after season 12 ends but they're changing the format of the show in what way so usually there's like bottom two bottom two lip sync and then one of them goes home and for all stars there's a bottom two they're put on the side and then the top two lip sync for a for a ten thousand dollar tip and then the winner of that lip sync gets the tip and chooses which of the bottom two go home oh my god i don't know it's all-stars is so good (laughs) because you not only get like a really good lip sync because it's the top two that are doing it but you also get like drama with people literally sending people home and it's been really successful so far but they're changing the format and this is kind of i guess unfair to to bring up they have not officially announced the way that it's going to work i know just from like having friends in in that like community that yeah that like yeah that drag world but so if you're really curious you can go and look it up and find out like what the new format is but otherwise you'll have to wait until june 5th to find out how it is and you know what i have a really strong opinion about it i don't like it and so I guess we will circle back in June and figure out if it's like an actually good thing or not. But it's also going to be on not VH1. Oh, what's it going to be on? It's on Showtime. Oh, weird. Yeah. Drag Race is still staying on VH1 and everything like that. But for some reason, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Wow. Finding this out live on air. Can't wait to find out what it is. Okay, so in February, they announced that Drag Race All-Stars was moving to Showtime. But in the announcement, they're saying that it will be on VH1 and that it will not be on Showtime. Hold on, because this is interesting. I mean, it's not, but... Oh, yeah, wow, okay. Oh, wow, that happened this week. Okay, it is fresh news. So in February, Drag Race moved from or all-stars drag race moved from vh1 to showtime and this week it moved back to vh1 which like isn't a huge deal business wise because both showtime and vh1 are owned by the same company but that's so weird anyway the only real real thing that i have to say about the cast of drag race all-stars is that it's kind of a boring cast but there's one two three people on it that I like absolutely love who I'm going to highlight now. One, 
Blair St. Clair, who was only on like one or two seasons ago. She has a baby face and she's adorable and her drag is, is pretty clean and good. And then there's Derek Barry. Do you know anything about Derek Barry? No. Derek Barry is a Las Vegas Britney Spears impersonator. And he's very good. His kind of, his arc on his season, season eight, was very good. And people like love him for it. I'm very curious if he will do well on All Stars. My hunch is no. <laughs> but but we'll see. <laughs> and the other one is Jujubee. Do you know anything about Jujubee? Yeah, I know Jujubee. Okay, so Jujubee was on season two of Drag Race and then All Stars won and has never won a crown. I love Jujubee so much. And Jujubee right now is on a show on TLC called Dragnificent with Phoebe Zahara Bonet and Alexis Michelle and Thorgy Thor and Jujubee. And it's basically Queer Eye, but with four drag queens. Oh. Instead of doing straight men, they typically do women, or at least so far they've done women. It's basically We're Here, but with a smaller budget, because it's not on HBO. And so I'm like, oh, a a reality TV star is now going to be on a competition show, which I think is unfair to the other contestants. Yeah, that is sort of unfair. And she's she's been around and been, like, people actively still like Jujubee. And she's been around since season two. So I'm kind of like, this is unfair. Where like in the same all-star season, there are contestants from season one of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'm like, that's interesting. Because Angina, who's from season one, I'm like, I don't really follow Angina. She's not like out there working and doing like big things beyond just like being a, a, a like drag race girl. Where like Jujubee is obviously like, you know, making the rounds in the entertainment world and i'm like it, i feel like it's a little unfair to put the to pit these girls against each other yeah i guess they did do the same thing with trixie mattel but whatever so we have to talk about the entertainment weekly cover uh i literally just saved it to my computer to post on instagram did you save the version with us in it no i didn't i did i completely forgot about it i'll go get it now so basically if you haven't seen it this week entertainment weekly released something wild it is a cartoon of who they think all of the biggest lgbtq plus i think they said trailblazers are and let me just run through who's on it i'm gonna go from left so if you pull it up to watch along at home read along at home whatever look along at home i'm gonna tell you who's on it from left to right because some of the people don't look like anyone and I did the research. So pink suit, Janelle Monet. Obviously then we have Ellen, we have RuPaul, we have Rock Hudson, who looks like nobody. <laughs> we have Laverne Cox. We have Lily Tomlin and Kristen Stewart, which is a pairing that someone at Entertainment Weekly follows me on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> we have Elton John playing a piano with a Dorothy red slipper on it. We have Freddie Mercury in the yellow jacket. We have Lil Nas X with a dick print in a green suit. Is it dick print? Yeah. Oh. Do you see it? Oh, I guess. I didn't take that as a dick print, but I guess it could be. Next to Lil Nas X is a brick, which is the first brick thrown at Stonewall. I'm not kidding. Oh my god, I didn't see the brick until now. Yep. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Then we have Kate McKinnon and Ricky Martin. 
George Takei holding a copy of the first ever cover of Entertainment Weekly, which had Katie Lang on it. Ryan Murphy in his situation. John Waters and Dan Levy. And then Cynthia Nixon dancing with Marlena Dietrich, who, by the way, was not out at her time and was really not a trailblazer in any way. She just sort of was queer. So it's ridiculous. My question is, where are they? They're like, at a party in Hollywood. You don't see the Hollywood sign? Oh, yeah. Well, what was throwing me off was the chandelier. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's maybe a reflection of the chandelier. Yeah. For some reason, the chandelier is reflected in the window. And it looks like one of the great comet chandeliers. It does. It also looks like clip art. It <laughs> really does. Um, I, I guess my things are, this is very white. And also, I can't believe that, like, this is the group of people. Yeah, there are so many people who are not on this who actually have I, done more. Yeah, I will say that this is, like, a good group of people, but I would say that this is maybe the more famous side of it as opposed to the more the most influential. Yes. So, like, maybe it's right that this is done by Entertainment Weekly. If this was done by, like, Time Magazine, I'd be like, hmm. I just counted, and there are seven non-white people on it. Out of 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Out of 18, which is not a lot. So it's less than half? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would also be wrong of me to be like, this is bad because it's not diverse enough. While also saying, I guess it's okay that it's not as diverse because it was done by Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> um, and like, is more and is uh, more about the, the fame of the celebrity than like the than what they actually did but i don't know it's it i'm i'm very mixed about it i guess i think it's very stupid nothing about this actually says pride to me it just says a bunch of incredibly wealthy people standing together yeah also if you look at it none of them are really looking at each other yeah they're all just sort of looking in different directions it's also a very good interpretation of what rupaul looks like yeah it is doing RuPaul a lot of favors. <laughs> also, the pairings are a little weird because you can say that like Janelle and Freddie are paired together because they're musicians and John Waters and Dan Levy are together because they're like content creators and like creators of film and television. And well, like, then like- Kate McKinnon uh, and Ricky Martin. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Jane and Kristen are both actresses. Lily um, and L- Lil Nas X, yes. Lil Nas X and Elton John are next to each other and they're musicians. Like, I was like, okay, but then you uh, you look at, like, Ryan Murphy and George have nothing in common. Cynthia and Marlena are, I guess, actresses, but, like, not. I would never put them in the same category. Yeah. Um, like, Ellen and Rock Hudson aren't, and Ellen and or Rock and Laverne aren't. Like, I, I don't know. But did you see the unedited version of this picture that was posted on our Twitter. I did. I, cause I posted it on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good because what is missing is a naked me and Jay. Yeah. Standing, <laughs> standing in the empty space in the dead center of this painting, <laughs> which also is a weird place to have a dead, like to have empty space, have a dead zone. Yeah. It's because we were in it, but they cropped us out. I cannot get over the brick. I know. Like, why not have Marsha P. Johnson or Sylvia Rivera, not just a brick? Why not put the ruby slipper on somebody and put the brick on the piano? Well, why have the brick in the first place? 
Why isn't why aren't they at Stonewall? Yeah. Okay, wait. Who would you add? G- give me like one person that you would add. I would add I guess if we're staying in the theme of like rich famous people. Yeah. Um so it's not like real trailblazers, it's just rich famous people. I would say who would I add? I don't know that I would add anyone. I just would completely shift the concept and do it with all different people. I yeah, I actually don't know if I would add anybody but I would maybe take some people out like I would probably take I would take off Cynthia Nixon honestly I wouldn't I would probably take off Marlena and and George maybe did we ever find out what happened with George I think it was actually like Russian spies oh yikes that's intense (laughs) if you don't know what we're talking about google it (laughs) I probably would not have jumped to include Lil Nas X, but he was the first to win the awards that he won. I'm just like, it's it was so new. And I'm like, Ricky Martin is like newly out as of the, only the last couple of years and hasn't, uh, I don't know. I don't think of him as a, a, like a, a famous gay guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. Like, I think of him as just like a, like a, a pop singer. I would honestly I take love, Stewart off. Yeah, probably. And I would also probably take off Dan Levy. Like, Dan Levy has done so much with Shit's Freak. But I, I, I want, I would rather, uh, there are so many people in this that have fully formed, like, you look at Lily Tomlin, who has decades and decades of, of work behind her. And I'm like, oh, that that makes sense. But then I'm like, oh, some of these other people are a lot fresher. If yeah. that, I think that's what I'm saying. I would yeah. make it less fresh. Yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. Okay, so I do have one more thing to talk about. Great. And this, when I read about it, I was like, I think we've actually talked about it on the podcast before. But it was so long ago that I don't remember. So I'm just going to bring it up again. Okay. <laughs> it's this game that's coming out called cyberpunk 2077 i have literally never heard of that okay so this is going to sound very vulgar and i know that i do not mean this this is a quote from the game summary and okay. some of this some of the verbiage is not the most wonderful the most pleasing but the concept is what i'm kind of getting at okay, okay. So players can select their gender and customize their character in the game. Customization can include depictions of breast, buttocks, and genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitals. Players can encounter events where they have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters or prostitutes. (laughs) These brief sex scenes from a first-person perspective depict partial nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various positions, Some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions. Other scenes depict their character's head moving towards a partner's crotch. But apparently, like, discovering your character's gender and sexual identity is, like, a big part of your, like, character development in the game, which I think is very interesting. What do you mean? Okay, let me read to you exactly what it says. The art director of the game said, quote, In the year 2077, especially with how much body modifications are available now, I think people will mix and match however they want, however they feel. Even society is more open to different kinds of relationships. So I think that they're like, okay, in the future, we will have adjusted to gender and sexuality so much that I I, I don't 
maybe know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> but I think it's cool that you would that you can like play this game as literally whoever you would like to play it as instead of being like I like when I play video games as a gay man, I always end up picking like the most feminine female character. And now I can like craft my own person. Yeah. I like that. Which, and it also makes it, it kind of like jumps over the barrier of like, okay, you can play as somebody who's a lesbian, but this is what we've decided that a lesbian looks like. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, the wording is weird, but the, but the concept behind it, I'm actually like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. The concept that you can sort of like, customize what your gender is yeah for a game that's cool yeah anyway (laughs) that's um my last piece of news for the week all right should we get into it oh my god i literally forgot that we have to talk about it yeah (laughs) so every week we pick something to watch and watch it and then we talk about it uh i guess with you guys and this week last week we decided to watch mindy kaling's new netflix show called never have i ever we both completed it. We have spoken very minimally about it. Yes. Um, and I decided, I think, halfway through the first episode, I'm just going to let you take the reins on this. <laughs> <laughs> at least for the at least for the first bit. <laughs> yeah. So I would say my main two takeaways from this show are the ableism. And the shocking fat phobia. Yeah. So I'll sort of, I'll go with the fat phobia first because it's easier to, hello, Sia just came running. It's sort of easier to describe. There's literally one character who is not skinny. It's that guy, Eric. And the things that happen to him are he falls down while holding raisinets. He throws up at a party. He comes to a bake sale when it's over to try and get free food. He is, like, lecherous towards women. I think that's it. Am I missing anything? I mean, he's just kind of, like, a gross character. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it, is he's just gross. And he seemingly has no friends. Yeah, I would say he definitely has no friends. There's no, in 2020, there's no need to include a character like that. Especially for a show that is so progressive and is doing so much. Just to then be like, and the fat kid is gross. Da, 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 da. Like, is so, it's honestly, it's very Mindy Kaling, in my opinion. Yeah, it kind of surprised me that Mindy would write a character like that, honestly. Oh, it didn't surprise me at all. Like, that's a character that I would expect from a male comedian in the early 2000s in a late night comedy movie. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. And And that's, even though Mindy Kaling does teeter the, like, line of absurd comedy I like I don't know I just was very surprised I was surprised by a lot of things in the show but I was I was I was definitely surprised by by that character especially since it was that character is so follows the trope of just being like a a larger white boy which I which which I I literally just said it but like is such a like early 2000s thing yeah so there's, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, so there's that. And then, I mean, I don't need to explain it because if you're still listening, you probably watched it with us. But there's the thing in the beginning where the main character loses the use of her legs for psychosomatic reasons, which 
Okay, I've been thinking a lot about it. My cat is here to guide me through this. Hi, Sia. It's interesting to note that both of Mindy Kaling's big things after the Mindy Project, which are Late Night and this show, have a plot line where illness or disability is used as a metaphor for weakness. And as a metaphor for, like, things falling apart. Because in Late Night, Emma Thompson's husband, which I, who I think is played by John Lithgow, has some disease. I don't remember what disease. But, like, his illness is the whole reason that Emma Thompson's life falls apart, basically. Aside from, like, her being mean. And then in this, we have... God, what's the main character's name? Oh... I wish I ever remembered any character's name on anything. I'm pulling that up. Oh, Davy. Davy is her name. Mm-hmm. We have Davy who loses her father and like goes through a traumatic time. And she responds to that by, quote unquote, becoming disabled. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you could argue that it's not ableist because she's not actually disabled. She's just like psychosomatically unable to walk. But I think, I think it really says something that this is Mindy Kaling's second example of like, uh Oh, the sick person or the, the, the sick person is the reason that the world falls apart. You know? Yeah. I, I think, yeah. In direct response to what you just said, I think it is telling that it's the second time that we've seen this from her. It's, I feel like the first time, at least in, in late night it was really it is a big not a it's not the main part of the movie but it is definitely a plot line in the movie it's not something that's swept under the rug and when I saw late night I was kind of like oh this was weird (laughs) but oh it's Mindy Kaling that's fine and then watching that this kind of unfold in at least the pilot I was like you know there are other stories (laughs) and there are other things you can do and I and I know that there's probably some part of her writer's brain that's like okay to be a good writer in 2020 you have to include lgbt characters include disability and like like a like a almost like an inclusivity checklist and i applaud her for trying however she has failed twice yeah and has been and she was called out both times so i'm kind of like okay after you were called out the first time then while writing the second one there should have been some alterations because My problem with it as somebody, and this is all obviously coming from someone who is able-bodied, but my problem with it is that the initial, like, and correct me if this is just rewording what you said, but the the initial, like, the scene when she's in the pool and, like, loses the function of her legs, A, I was a little pissed because they never go, they never flat out are like, this is why. Like, the whole time I was like, oh, when is she going to be told that this is what happened to her instead of just like, oh, she was temporarily disabled or, or something like that. Like only when you said it, was I like, oh yeah, that's, there's a name for it. <laughs> um, it, it, like, I feel like they, they set it up and then never follow through with the actual disability plot. And then I thought that it was ridiculous that like, at, like from a storytelling, I could unwrap this for hours, but the storytelling perspective of it, her like, losing the ability to use her legs because of the death of her father, but then be 
being able to use her legs again only when she sees a hot guy was such a weird way to pull to do that yeah Does, like 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 it, i feel like the two did not match which kind of made me think that that whole plot line was kind of a throwaway plot and is only really brought back up into the show like three or four times when people are like oh yeah remember when you were disabled last year and then everybody's like yeah it's a, so i was like this did not need to happen this, or it could have happened in a very different way and so that was kind of one thing that I was kind of struggling with through the beginning of the show. But then through the rest of the show, my problem with it is that every time that they talked about her disability, it was like, God, remember that awful time in your life where you were disabled and everything was just so hard for you. And everybody's like, yeah, wasn't that so sad? And they're like, yeah, we would never want that to happen again. And I'm like, that is such a, it's such a naive and like, uneducated way to look at disability and I was surprised that 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 is what they were trying to do with it yeah and it also just to be to to constantly be like oh my god what a terrible time in all of our lives you know it was so terrible for the mom also and like such a hard thing on everyone is like just like disability 101 you know is like being disabled should not be treated like being a burden. Yeah, like now that you're not disabled, we can all resume normal. Yeah, and it's exactly. Like, and it's like that's actually not how disabled people live or how they feel or or at least from what the people that I have met and that's not the case in so many in uh, in almost every situation. It just like it just goes to show that, like, somebody who is able-bodied wrote a plot in a show without actually looking into it and did it for em- the emotional payoff that yeah. then there was, and then there was none. Like, yeah. there was, you can, you can look at the story, like, mapped out, and there was no, uh, I don't, emotional payoff is the wrong phrasing because I don't want to say that it's a good technique in writing for, like, disability to be an emotional payoff, but it seems as if they were using it at the beginning to eventually become an emotional payoff. And then that never happened. So it was like, this then happened for no reason. Yeah. And it's almost reduced to a joke when it's like, Oh, she sees the guy and now she can walk again. And then it's like, ha ha ha. She, she walked. Isn't that funny? The only way that I think that this would have worked is if it was based on somebody, honestly, like if it was like, oh, this is something that we have to include, but it's not necessarily what we're going to make the show about. But as far as I know, today, May 14th, 2020, it's not based on anybody that's all fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that being said, when picking this show, I did not realize that that's what this show was about. <laughs> Me neither. I thought it was just about like a girl coming of age and her gay friend. Yeah, I was expecting it to be very like to all the boys I loved before. Yeah, you keep comparing things to that. I think it's because that's now the staple, like, Netflix, like, teen rom-com in my mind. That's true, yeah. But I feel like between that and sex education and a couple of the other things that they have going on right now, I'm like, there kind of is, like, a Netflix teen, like, comedy feel. Yeah, no, definitely. And this didn't not have it. It just also had a lot of shitty things. Yeah. I will say I did cry twice during this show. Not because... Really? Yeah. 
I cried when they were scattering the ashes at the end. And I cried in the at the very end of like, I think it's the third episode where the lesbian is programming her robot and she makes it say, I am gay. Uh, it's really got me. Uh, also, it's uh, Gears Morse or uh, what is that? Gears, Gears, Gears Brosden. Yeah. Which I thought was a very Mindy Kaling joke and really liked it. Yeah, she's um, very good at celebrity puns. Yeah. Oh my gosh, remember Reef Witherspoon? Of course. The second to last episode was really emotional and I think was my favorite episode of the whole thing. It's kind of like that was the episode where everything kind of comes together and it's like when the cousin meets that hot guy and like and they have the dinner with with her uncle who's the guy from Glee. Yeah. <laughs> And the mother and her kind of like come to that emotional head and she runs away and stuff like that. Before we talk about the gay character, I also want to point out just like how weirdly anti-Semitic it was. Oh, yeah. Like, I will say that World War II jokes, it's not too soon. Like, like, fine. Okay. All of the like history jokes that they were making through the show, I actually thought were kind of smart and funny. Yeah. However... It's one thing to bring up the Holocaust and Anne Frank and all of those things in a light comedy show, but it's another thing to make jokes of them. Granted, they were never like Anne Frank. That's a funny thing. But to make a pivotal point, or not a pivotal point, but to make one of the longer jokes in an episode, being that one character says to another, I hope the Nazis kill you, is crazy to me. Well, and also the fact that that character is the only Jewish character that we meet, and his parents are super rich. Okay, wait. He's one of two. Who's the other one? The lesbian. Because remember, they're at the party, and he's like, I'm the only Jewish kid. And then she's like, I'm a Jew- I'm, I'm Jewish. I don't remember that at all, but I believe you. Okay. We, they literally never go into her being Jewish beyond her just saying that she is. But no, you're totally right. Like, his parents are the richest, and that's kind of his whole plot. Yeah. I don't know. The The fact that he's Jewish was brought up so much that yeah. it didn't feel like inclusiveness. Like, it didn't feel like there was a Jewish character to represent a Jewish community. It felt like there was a Jewish character to provide Jewish, like, not Jew jokes. Like, that's a terrible term. But, like, like Jewish-themed <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. And it was kind of shocking. Yeah. As I was going through it, I was like, wow. I, I feel like I'm watching Insatiable, which I actively didn't watch. <laughs> I forgot about that show. It, it has another season coming out. Oh, wow. um, that's just it's just not what I expected from Mindy Kaling. And I yeah. also don't want to pin the entire thing on her because it's also not like Mindy Kaling presents. But she is the celebrity like like spearhead of the show. So, yeah, she's the big name. Yeah. So the queer plot line. Yeah. I honestly um, thought that was one of the only good parts of the show. Me too. It was also a lot smaller than I wanted it to be. Me too. I think I I could have done without our girl's plotline with her mom, the girl from The Real O'Neills and Blockers. Yeah, Ramona Young. Yeah, I could I could have done without her mom plotline. While I did think it was interesting, and I was like I I was entertained watching those scenes. I could have done without it and could have just really loaded it all into the queer character. Yeah, it, could it sort have of felt like... been completely about her, honestly. Yeah, well, first of all, I wished the whole show had been about the queer character. Second of all, it felt like 
they were like, okay, all three of the friends need to have plot lines. So what are we going to do for Ramona Young? We're just going to have her mom work at a taco store, like a taco store, a Mexican restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to like have mom drama for her. But when they really could have just focused in on the gay character and like that whole coming out process. And like also the fact that she comes out to everyone, she asks the girl out and then the next time we see her, they're girlfriends. I was like, we really don't even get to see their first date or like them becoming close or anything. It's just like they go from like asking out to being in a relationship, which I wish that was how it worked. <laughs> yeah, I truly wish that it had all just been her. Not because I, I do think that the, the main plot line was interesting without the disability aspect of it and I was really into the main character as a character but I yeah I I I wanted so much more of Fabiola was her name yeah and I wanted more from Eve the girlfriend yeah I don't know I just if if the show gets a season two which honestly I don't think that it needs a season two agreed but if it does receive one I hope that she's kind of more of the focus of it me too. So I apologize to anybody that watched this expecting it to be completely about her and also be a perfect television show. Yeah. I apologize to us also for watching it, not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. After the first episode, I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And and then was like, oh, yeah, I have to. That that was the exact. I was like, I, I could take I'm just not going to watch the rest. And I was like, oh, no, I literally have to watch the rest for my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say those last two episodes were really good. Yeah. Also, hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. Okay. I have, to, I have to look at something real quick. This will make sense in a second. Okay, we're good. Darren Barnett, who plays Paxton, is so fucking hot. Yes. I had to look up his age. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out he's older than me. How old is he? He's 29. Whoa, that's kind of... Which is crazy because uh, the main girl is 18. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Which is legal and, like, that's fine. I didn't ever not buy him as a teenager. (laughs) I didn't buy him or Fabiola as teenagers. Interesting. Neither of them look like teenagers to me. I definitely buy the other two girls more as teenagers for sure i guess yeah we watched it it's not great it has a lot of problems i will say the good thing is that mindy has been called out by almost everybody for all of these issues she has that's good Uh, yeah like even if you google the name of the show now like every review is kind of like hmm this super problematic show from mindy kaling (laughs) and like people on social media are kind of like Wow, we love these characters, but, like, that was weird. I'm more excited for what we have next week. Yeah, so tell us what we're watching for next week. We will be watching Trial by Media next week on Netflix. Now, this is a whole docu-series, and while I'm going to watch all of it just because I'm me, we're not saying you should watch all of it. What we're going to be focusing on next week is an episode that follows the Jenny Jones murder, which is episode the one. last one. No, it's episode oh, it's, one. Oh, perfect. And it, so I guess if you like it, you can keep going. The, so the episode is called Talk Show Murder. It's only 63 minutes long. And it says a man reveals his crush to a straight friend 
on the Jenny Jones show. Days later, a murder occurs, leading questions about the show's culpability. I'm very interested. I don't know anything about the the case or really anything else about it. Me neither. I mean, I know that it happened. I don't really know a lot about it. Yeah, and apparently... So Trial by Trial by Media is a new Netflix series, and every episode of it kind of takes on some sort of case that I guess was altered by the media or, or, or swayed or something by the media. I'm excited to watch it. We'll be watching season one, episode one, and we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, so we'll see you next it, week, hopefully when we're watching something that's not offensive. <laughs> if the, if If... If this ends up being offensive, I don't know. At least we already have something picked out for the one after that. And I'm excited about that as well. So hopefully we'll have some stuff coming anyway. Yeah. But otherwise, I guess I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. We'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye.